You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 87. Today, our topic is What to Do When You Disobey God. Welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early. This is the place to explore and rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual meaning and see how we can apply it in our daily lives to learn how to pray more effectively, experience the healing presence of God in your life, and begin to get a taste of what Jesus meant when he promised us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey, welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Our topic this week is what to do when you disobey God. I've got a question for you. When you make a mistake and someone points it out, what is your first inclination? All too often, we get really defensive and we justify our actions, or we blame someone else, or we blame circumstances, instead of taking full responsibility. This can even be on tiny little mistakes we've made or great big terrible things that we've done wrong. We tend to to avoid taking responsibility, we blame someone else, and sometimes we even deny that we did it because we don't want to admit that we made a mistake. The Bible is full of this sort of behavior, and it started all the way back with Adam. Think about it. When he eats that forbidden fruit and he gets caught, basically he blames Eve for giving it to him. In effect, He's really blaming God for giving Eve to him. He never accepts his own responsibility in the situation. Have you ever wondered how things might have been different for him if he had repented right away and gone to God and apologized and said, Lord God, I am so sorry you told me not to eat that fruit and I did it anyway. I accept full responsibility and I'm sorry I let you down. How would that have changed the narrative? We'll never know, but it's something to think about. Instead of acknowledging his disobedience to God and repenting, he literally went and hid in the bushes. There are lots of stories in the Bible where someone sinned and did not repent. Sometimes it's one person, Sometimes it's a group of people. Sometimes it's almost the entire nation of Israel. Let's just say it doesn't usually work out too well. In fact, it never really works out in the long run for those people. When the Israelites as a whole disobeyed God, they lost battles. They experienced plagues. And ultimately, they were defeated and taken away into captivity in Babylon. So that's kind of the result of when you refuse to repent. Things do not go well for you. What I really want to focus on today is what we should do when we sin, and more specifically, what we should do immediately after we sin. 
this is a good place to actually consider the question, what is sin? How do you know if you've sinned or not? Sin is thinking or acting in a way that's unlike God. God made us in his image and likeness. And when we do things that are not like that image and likeness, and when we entertain thoughts that are not like the image and likeness of God, that is sin. If you think of yourself as less than God's image and likeness, then you're going to act that way. And it's not just the actions that you have done or the things you haven't done that you should have. It's a mindset. Of course, it would be better if we had never sinned in the first place. And I'm sure there are lots of times in your life when you have been tempted to do something that you knew was wrong and you resisted and you held firm to what you knew was right. And that is such a wonderful moral victory and it makes us feel good and faithful. But there are times when fear takes over or pride rules in our hearts. We let other people or other situations influence us, and we break one of God's commandments, or we don't follow his directions in a given situation. So what do we do at that point? Well, of course, the answer is we should repent, and the sooner the better. But let's face it, that's hard to do sometimes. We don't want to admit that we made a mistake. We don't want to admit that we've sinned. Let's look at one of the classic examples in the Bible of someone who sinned and did not repent right away. We're talking about King David. King David was a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. But how did this man after God's own heart behave when he committed adultery? Not too well. He did the exact opposite of what he should have done. When he learned that Bathsheba was pregnant, He knew he had broken God's law, and he was going to hope that nothing came of it. But when Bathsheba was pregnant, then he was faced with the consequences of his sin. And so what did he do? Well, let's just stop right there. What should he have done in that situation? He could have had enough humility to go to the priest and confess his sins, to ask God what to do, how to rectify the situation. He could have gone to Uriah and confessed openly his sins to the husband of Bathsheba. But he didn't do any of those things. Instead, the negative aspects of human nature took over, and he tried several ways to cover up his sin. First, he had Uriah, her husband, come home, and he was going to give him the opportunity to go in and be with his wife with the assumption that, Uriah and Bathsheba would have sex, and then King David would be off the hook because everyone would assume that the baby would be Uriah's. Well, that didn't work. So then King David had Uriah sent to the hottest part of a battle so that he would be killed. When you have sinned and you try to cover it up, whatever you do may seem perfectly reasonable at the time, but objectively, It does not make much sense, and you're only fooling yourself. Eventually, it will all come out. Just like Adam, David was hiding in the bushes. He was pretending like nothing was wrong. Human nature hasn't really changed a whole lot. We do the same thing today. But God 
had something else in store for David. Because God loved David, enter stage right Nathan the prophet. God revealed to Nathan what David had done. What if you had been Nathan and God said to you, Go talk to David about this situation? That's quite a responsibility to go and talk to the king. That takes a lot of moral courage. It takes a lot of certainty that it's really God talking to you. And Nathan obeyed God. I think it's really interesting that Nathan doesn't just come right out and accuse David of his sin. Just imagine what would have happened if Nathan had taken that approach. You know human nature, and of course this is where David was. He would have justified it. He would have rebelled against it. He would have denied it. Don't we do the same thing when somebody accuses us of something? Our first inclination is to deny it or make excuses for it or justify it or blame someone else. We've already talked about this. This is really a hint to us how we need to confront someone about mistakes they have made. If you're ever in that situation, please be more like Nathan. Nathan ends up telling a story of a rich man who had many sheep, but when he has an out-of-town guest, he takes the one lamb of a poor man to prepare a feast for his guest. You'll find this story in 2 Samuel chapter 12. David could instantly see the injustice of this because he was being objective about it. He didn't associate the rich man's action to his own. David gets really upset. This is chapter 12, verses 5 through 7 of 2 Samuel. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And then Nathan drops the truth bomb. He says to David, you are the man. Then he rails on David how God had been so generous to him, blessing him in so many ways and made him king. How on earth could David then sin so grievously against God in return. David finally admits in verse 13, I have sinned against the Lord. Not only did he sin against Bathsheba and against her husband, and really the whole nation of Israel, but he sinned against the Lord and he realized that. And the very next thing Nathan says to David is, The Lord also has put away your sin, you shall not die. Even though David had pronounced that the man who had taken the sheep from the poor man should die, God is saying, no, that's not what I'm going to require of you. Here's a simple rule to follow when we sin. It's called repentance, and the sooner the better. Repentance is so important because it allows us to experience God's forgiveness. Until we repent, until we realize that what we did is wrong, our heart is closed, our hands are clenched tight, and we can't accept God's love and God's forgiveness. We have to realize that what we did is wrong. Is it really that simple? Yes, it is. Well, then, why do we resist this need to repent? 
Why do we think we can keep making excuses, cover up our mistakes with self-justification, or blaming others? Why? Well, because we lack humility. It takes humility to repent, to admit you're wrong. It takes humility to accept responsibility for your actions and quit blaming someone else. It takes humility to ask God's forgiveness. The world says that humility is weakness, but the world is wrong. Humility is immense spiritual strength. Humility is abandoning relying on yourself, and instead it's a powerful trust in God's ability to run the show. So, when you disobey God, when you have sinned, the quicker you let your natural humility come to the surface in your heart, the sooner you can admit that what you've done is wrong and repent of it, and the sooner you will feel God's forgiveness and redemption. The next step, and sometimes the hardest thing to do, is to accept God's forgiveness. If you've committed some terrible crime, it may seem harder to accept God's forgiveness than if you've made some minor mistake. But it really comes down to how genuine your repentance is and how much humility is in your heart. God's forgiveness is always present and always active, but we can't see it, we can't feel it, we can't accept it or experience it fully until there's complete repentance in our hearts. When God forgives you, you're forgiven. So my next question is, why, even after we've repented and felt God's forgiveness, we still carry around a wheelbarrow full of guilt? Let it go already. Jesus' victory over death through the resurrection was a victory over the sins of the whole world, past, present, and future. That includes whatever you did wrong 30 years ago or just a minute ago or what might happen 10 years from now. Put down this sense of guilt. It does not belong to you. God doesn't require you to carry it with you anymore. Accept his forgiveness and be free. This is why God sent Jesus to this earth of ours. Jesus did not live and die in vain. His victory sets us free from sin. God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness are a powerful force in your life right here, right now, that washes away all sin and any burden of guilt when humility and repentance are active in your heart. And if God has forgiven you, who are you not to forgive yourself? So let's come back to this idea of repentance specifically repentance as soon as possible after we've done something wrong. What does it really mean to repent? It's not just to say you're sorry and admit you sinned or admit you made a mistake. It means to completely change the way you think, to change your perspective. When you quit looking at things from a self-focused perspective to a God-focused perspective, you're going to see things very differently and you'll understand Why something you thought was perfectly justified is not appropriate. Here's a simple little example. If you're only thinking of yourself and your perspective is self-focused, 
There's nothing wrong in your mind with cutting in front of someone in traffic or the line at the grocery store because you need to get through quicker and it's all about you. But if you're looking at things from a God-focused perspective, which includes loving all God's children, you realize it's not appropriate to cut in front of someone. Now, I know that's a tiny example, but that shift in perspective is what repentance is all about. Because you see things from a different perspective, you realize that what you did was wrong. But it also makes you not want to do it the next time because you see it differently. And yet, sometimes we are so reluctant to repent. We're so reluctant to see things from a different perspective, from God's perspective instead of ours. And we justify to ourselves something we did. On episode 15 of the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I shared an experience I had when I was in high school when I cheated my brother out of something. And it wasn't until 15 years later that I remembered that and I realized how wrong it was because at the time I had been pretty proud of myself for being so sneaky and getting what I wanted. That's episode 15, and if you haven't listened to it or if you'd like to hear it again, I'll put the link in the show notes. In this case with my brother, I didn't have a Nathan that came to me to uncover my sin. I actually asked God very sincerely in a prayer one morning if there was anyone I needed to make restitution to, and this instantly came to mind. God told me exactly what I needed to do and how to take care of it. But it took me 15 years. That's really way too long, but at least it happened. Why is it so hard sometimes to admit we sinned? Why do we make excuses? Why do we justify our mistakes? Why do we blame others and not accept responsibility? Mm, The surface answer is that, well, that's just part of human nature. I think we need to go a little deeper. In the story of Adam and Eve, Eve was really the first one to repent. She didn't blame Adam for leaving her alone. She didn't blame the Lord God. She acknowledged her disobedience. She admitted she'd made a mistake because she'd allowed herself to be deceived by the serpent. We don't really want to admit we've sinned because we think God or other people will love or value us less. And we don't want to admit we've sinned because then we identify ourselves with the sin and as a sinner. And then we see ourselves as unworthy, and that view of ourselves evolves into a very negative one. Or we cover it all up and we pretend it never happened and we forget about it. And so we don't want to admit it or we don't know that we need to. But actually, when we admit that we have made a mistake, That doesn't make us less valuable. The reverse is the case. That makes us more valuable. In fact, when you repent, the angels in heaven burst out singing. Jesus says in Luke 15, 7, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Well, that's pretty exciting. Every time you admit that you've done something wrong and truly repent in your heart and change your perspective and see things from God's perspective, 
The angels in heaven are singing for joy. The next time you realize you have disobeyed God, either in a big way or a small way, don't try to hide from God or from other people like Adam did. Don't blame others for your mistakes like Adam did. Don't try to cover things up or justify it like King David did. Admit to yourself and God that you were deceived by the serpent like Eve did. Then accept God's forgiveness, forgive yourself, and move forward. And if God sends someone like Nathan to you, listen with your heart. Don't resist, don't self-justify, because not only do the angels sing in heaven when you repent, but you will feel much better. You will feel a burden off your heart. The more you do this, the better you'll get at it. The more quickly you'll be able to admit that you've made a mistake. And the more we truly repent and see things from God's perspective, we won't be tempted to do the things we shouldn't. We won't want to do them. The more we practice this immediate sense of repentance, this immediate shift of perspectives from seeing things from our perspective to seeing things from God's perspective, we begin to bear witness to the good news that Jesus promised us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In the kingdom of heaven, there is no sin. In the kingdom of heaven, there are no temptations. In the kingdom of heaven, there's no need for repentance because we will only see things from God's perspective. We will see things the way he sees things. That's really the goal that we're striving for, is to see things from that perspective that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So getting back to this idea of repentance as changing your perspective, please take a moment and ask God if there is anything that you need to repent of, to change your perspective on, to look at things from God's perspective instead of your own, from a more spiritual perspective instead of a material perspective. We all need to do this. Maybe it's something we haven't dealt with. Maybe it's something we've forgotten about. Maybe it's something we have covered up. Maybe there's something in your life you've blamed on other people or circumstances, or you haven't accepted full responsibility on whatever it might be that somehow fits into one of those categories, take an honest look at that. In your heart, quit justifying what you may have done that was wrong. Quit trying to avoid it, and don't try to hide from God like Adam did. Accept responsibility for your thoughts and your actions, and then repent. Rethink. Look at yourself from the perspective of what is true in the kingdom of heaven right this moment. And you will see that that sin, those mistakes, they're not part of who you are. You can leave them behind and get on with your life. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope these ideas have been helpful. If you know someone who would appreciate this message, please share it with them. If this is your first time to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, or if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. 
Just go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the subscribe tab. As always, I will have in the show notes for today's episode all the Bible verses that I mentioned. You can find the show notes at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 087. This is episode number 87. And as I mentioned last week, episode 100 is coming up pretty quickly. And I'd like you to help me celebrate by answering this question. If you could talk to anyone in the Bible other than Jesus, who would it be and what would you ask them? And I'll let you know how to share your answers with me in the very near future. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode or about the Bible in general, or if you have an idea for an episode in the future, please contact me. I'd love to hear from you. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the contact tab. Thanks again so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here each week. My goal with the Bible Speaks to You podcast is to get back to that original spiritual essence of the Christianity that Jesus established. That's my goal, and I hope you're finding ideas that are helpful to you in that light. That's all for this week. Thanks again so much for being here. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care. We'll see you next time. God bless. God bless.